if I could go back in time and live in any historical era, what would it be? <laughs> On today's episode, I get to answer that question for some of you. Though the experience may not be what you expect. Travel with me to ancient Egypt in tonight's brand new episode of In the Land of Your Dreams. As always, I ask you that you don't simply listen to this podcast, but close your eyes and dream it. I'm sitting beneath a setting sun that stretches the last of its golden rays across the sand dunes that surround me. Wild winds whips through the air, carrying sand grains that tear across my skin, leaving it raw. Looking down, I see that I'm wearing a tattered robe, torn at elbows and knees. The scalding hot sand scorches my bare feet. I rise, hoping to find shelter. The sun is quickly setting, and a cool darkness settles over the desert. I notice a flickering light in the distance, and I begin to stumble through the shifting sands towards it. Drawing closer, I hear a series of steady, rhythmic rings, like metal striking stone. I'm at the edge of a camp. The light that drew me here is a series of campfires scattered along the base of a mountain. This close, the ringing noise is deafening. Shrouded figures are gathered around the mountain's base. They swing pickaxes and hammers, cracking rock with each impact. I begin to call out to them, but the words catch in my throat. My head tilts back. And I realize this isn't a mountain that they're beating against. Looming high above me with walls that stretch further than my eyes can see is a pyramid. Its sharp, distinct angles come to a point so high that it pierces the night sky, leaving tiny pinholes that look like stars. As I marvel at the magnitude of what's before me, a massive crash startles me. Its impact shaking the ground at my feet. I look to where the shrouded figures were working, but they're gone. In their place is a single figure, a man, I think, standing with his back to me. He's silhouetted by an inky black hole in the pyramid wall. I approach him. Excuse me? He doesn't respond, so I try again. Sir! Can you help me? With slow, precise movement, he began to turn. He's not wearing a hood like the others were, but a dark linen suit with a matching wide-brimmed hat. He's clean-shaven, and his mouth is set at a serious angle. His eyes hide under the hat's brim. I move closer. Hello. What's happening here? Where is everyone? The man doesn't respond, but his head lifts and I see what the brim of his hat had been hiding. 
whereas I should be. There are huge, dazzling emeralds, and they meet my gaze. The man lifts his arm, finger extended, and points to the hole in the wall in the pyramid. There is no way in hell I'm going in there. Still, the man is silent. Look, if you think that I'm... But before I finish, he seizes me, and I'm thrown into the enveloping darkness of the pyramid. I fall forward and land hard on my chest. <coughs> Quickly I find my footing and turn, intent on giving the man a piece of my mind. But he's gone, and the hole is gone with him. In his place is a smooth, unbroken wall with a single mounted torch burning against its surface. I take the torch from the wall and stand there, in a bubble of firelight. Clearly, I'm not escaping the way I came in. So I turn the walk deeper into the pyramid. Just a few feet from where I landed, I hit a wall. On the wall are six tiles, each one etched with a symbol. A snake, a tree, a wing, a sword, a beetle, and a woman. <laughs> I move the torch closer to get a better look and each tile shines back at me with blinding luminescence. These are gold. I press my free hand against the snake tile and feel the smooth metallic surface under my palm. The tile gives a little, with nothing else to lose. I shift my weight and press firmly against the square. A low rumble shakes the floor and cracks the surface on the stone at my feet. Before I can retreat, I begin to fall. The fall is short, and I land feet first into a room full of sand, the torch still shining brightly in the panicked grip of my hand. Great! More sand, I muse. My voice echoes aloud against the chambers of the large room, and something around me stirs. I lift the torch high, and what I see sends a shiver down my spine. Firelight reflects off iridescent scales, and two giant eyes, dark and hungry, lock onto me. A snake the size of a semi-truck is coiled in the sand-filled room, and I'm standing right in the middle of it. In fear, I wave the torch back and forth in front of me, the snake recoils, but doesn't flee. Waving the torch in a frantic defense, I notice its head tracking the flames. In a desperate move, I throw the torch hard towards the far corner of the room and throw my body to the sands around me. Luck is on my side, as the snake begins to slither towards the torch and leaves me half-buried into the sand. This is my chance. I struggle through the sands as fast as my legs will take me moving away from the light of the flame to the opposite corner of the room. There, I bury my body again, hoping to shield myself from those hungry serpent eyes. That's when I feel it, against the wall, and bury just out of sight a tile. No, a wall of tiles, just as I found before. Suddenly, the room grows darker. I can't see anything. 
but I know that if the torch is out, I'll be the serpent's next prey. Desperately, I reach for the nearest tile on the wall and press hard. I feel the sand shift below me. A hole forms and my body begins to sink. From below, a faint light illuminates the room and I look up just in time to see the snake unhinge its jaw and strike. It misses me by a hair, slamming onto the wall above me before it's completely out of sight. <sighs> what a close save. Again, the fall is short, but this time my body pierces the surface of ice-cold water that steals the breath from my lungs. I manage to surface, gasping for air. I'm no longer in a room, but floating alone in a wide, open ocean. A moon shines bright above me. The water I wade in is dark and it's impossible to see anything below, except what looks like a faint light deep in the depths of sea. I... I, I prefer the snake at this point. I manage through shaking limbs and purple lips. The salty water blurs my vision. And I can feel my muscles beginning to seize. I have to do something fast. Or the freezing water will kill me. I follow my instinct and dive towards the light below. It's not long before I can make out the source of light. A tablet with nine golden squares. Just like the old ones I have seen before. Only this one is sinking slowly, just out of reach. I swim hard to catch it. My lungs feel like they might pop out in any moment, but I'm slowly gaining. Just as I think I can't possibly hold my breath for another moment, I grasp the stone in my hands, pull it close, and press the square with the etching of a woman. Nothing happens. I panic. I have to reach the top. I need air. I drop the tablet and begin kicking wildly towards the light of the moon. I can feel my blood pulsing in my veins, somehow on the brink of unconsciousness. I pierce the water and suck in a full chest of oxygen. <sighs> Waiting there in the water, I look around and realize I'm not in an ocean anymore. I'm in a room. And it's filled with people. Some help over here, please. I spit out salt water spilling from my lips. <coughs> I pull myself onto a ledge and roll onto my back. I expect now that at any moment the people will rush over to help. But no one does. My shoulder bumps into something hard. A large box of people around me are dressed in white robes. They're chiseling images into the walls and painting images on ancient turns. They move from one task to the other, paying no heed to the dripping wet stranger standing amidst of them. No, no, of course, don't worry at all, I say with thick sarcasm. I've always been curious about hypothermia. It's a real joy. They can't hear you. A woman's voice, not far away. I look around, but there's no one around me. They'll be here soon. You must save me. Again, that voice, as if whispering in my ear. Who's coming? Where are you? 
Here, she says. I lift my hand from the box beside me. Only if it's not a box at all, but a coffin. No, a sacrifice. On its cover, gilded in gold, is the form of a beautiful woman. The sides of the sacrifice are covered in stunning works of art. Tall trees that are desert oases, men, women, and children embracing each other, and following patterns that weave between them like a tapestry. I hear her voice again. They are here. All around the sacrifices emerging from the waters that brought me here are the shrouded men from before. They pull themselves up the ledge and with their pickaxes and hammers swiftly dispatch everyone in the room but me. When the chaos settles, a last figure draws itself from the water. A figure with emerald eyes. You know what I'm talking about? I lunge from him, trying to keep him away from the sacrifices. But an invisible force holds me at bay. The man walks quickly to the sacrifice, a hammer in hand, and with one powerful strike, crushes the side of the sacrifice. Hundreds of emeralds fall from it, as deep and green as the ones that shine on his face. It is at this moment I wake up from my slumber. The emerald eyes of the suited man still hover before my vision. I crawl from bed and throw open my curtains, greeting the day, and hoping to shake despair of my dream from my mind. Outside of my window, I see the sun shine, and tall trees swaying gently in the morning breeze. It is a beautiful sight. I can't help but reflect on the motive of the suited man, how he destroyed so many stunning things for the sake of his own greed. I begin to think on my own actions and sights I take for granted every day. The world is a magical place, and perhaps there's more I can do to preserve the beauty in it. Perhaps there's more we all can do to preserve it. Thank you for joining me on this adventure through time. Until we meet again, I wish you beautiful dreams and thrilling adventures. This has been in the land of weird dreams. Thank you for listening. Until next time.